Hey guys, it's Jack from the Champions Playbook. These next three episodes are super interesting. We had Ryan from Monday Q Info come on the show and talk about what it's like from Monday qualifiers to make it on the PGA Tour. We had him over Zoom on the back porch of Franklin Bridge. So hopefully you guys find some of these conversations impactful and insightful to what it's like to qualify on the PGA Tour as a Monday qualifier. So I didn't know too much about it going in and Ryan is super knowledgeable about everything and his account has over 70,000 followers on Twitter. So make sure to go and follow him on Twitter at MondayQInfo and hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. Here you go. Welcome back to the Champions Playbook. We're here on the back porch of Franklin Bridge continuing our conversation with Ryan, who you can find on Instagram, uh, Monday Q Info, if you guys go on Instagram. And uh, Ryan, am I right? It's also, it's uh, Aces of the Golf One. Is that your Twitter account? A case of the Golf One, but yeah, just search me on uh, on uh, any given Monday, or uh, Monday Q Info, because... I have the worst handle in the world. Sweet, sweet. Well, we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and kick this right off for y'all listening at home. Uh, We're doing our Ask Sherlock Q&A, but since we have Ryan here, we've got a lot of people who have questions around uh, Monday qualifying and mini tour uh, questions around around those topics. So we'll go ahead and lead it off with our first question. So, Ryan. Yes, sir. Ryan, first question I got for you is... uh, um, with with Michael, who's uh, who's been working his way through the mini tours, um, is the PGA not monitoring his his progress without Dustin? Uh, sorry, um, Justin's um, input, and why 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 does he need Justin's input? Is he is he is he is he not able to make the qualifying without Justin's input? other than the cash? Yeah, I mean, um, the first question is, I I mean, the first answer is, I'm sure they're monitoring him because, um, you know, it went viral and he has a story around it and he got some sponsors exemptions, but uh, there's a million Michaels out there. So if Michael fails to get to the Corn Ferry Tour or the PJ Tour, they'll find another story or people will find another story. Uh, I don't think Justin is giving him any advice outside of financial help. Uh, and that's always the biggest deterrent for these guys to not make it is they run out of money. So, uh, you know, him and my, Justin and Michael are friends now. They talk, but um, Michael has the talent to make it without Justin's help. Justin's check helps a lot. And obviously it's nice to have a PGA Tour winner uh, you know, to bounce ideas off of and talk to, but Michael has the talent to make it with or without, um, without Justin. Uh, the financial help is huge though. And it's, and it's awesome to see. Has it, has it helped him with your feeds on your podcasts to, to motivate him or, or even to get him into the PGA's eyes? And that'll be my yeah. last question. Yeah. He, um, I mean, he got a sponsor's exemption from it too. And uh, yeah, Michael's a great dude. So Michael and I talked a lot. And uh, he, 
I mean, it it was great insight into like a what a viral star a moment and how quickly fleeting it is. Uh, I mean, Michael's back playing West Florida tour events until you know Q School next week, so uh, it's kind of great insight into how how fleeting social media is. Like he was a star, he got a bunch of money, which is great. He got a sponsor's exemption in the Colonial, missed the cut there, and then you know he's back playing West Florida tour events, so it can come and go quickly. And so, uh, but Michael's super talented. I'm sure we haven't heard the last of him. Brian, I think that, that Michael gets a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of status just because of around the stories that he, um, you know, because of him and Justin. So that story, I feel like really uh, allowed him to be able to take off. But I guess my question to you would be, how much development do you think Q School really gives these, uh, these stars? And do you think it's really just a tour to kind of see if they can handle pressure so that, that way when they get into the, uh, you know, Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour, they're able to hang with the best of the best? Or is there any other advantages to go to Q School um, or some of these other, you know, tours that are bigger than the mini tours, but smaller than, let's say, the Corn Ferry Tour? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think Q School's a great indication of the talent. I mean, I'll use Russell Knox again as an example. The, the best players don't always get through in an event where you only have once a year to get through, you know? I mean, uh, there was a guy on the Hooters tour was named, was named Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown was the best player on the Hooters tour by far. It wasn't close. Um, and the Hooters tour, if you look at the old money list, it was like Keegan Bradley. I mean, it was just filled with PGA tour winners. And so Brandon dominated those guys year after year. And for some reason, like just didn't play well in Q school, never made it. I think he sells insurance now. So like, could Brandon Brown have the talent to be on the PGA tour? 100%. He just didn't, I mean, he wasn't a good fall player and you got to play good once a year and that's it at Q school. So uh, no, it's not a great indication of who's the best golfer. And I guess a, a follow up to that question would be, um, for example, some of these guys who can really shine at a level like that, do you think that the PGA Tour should give some of these guys exemption to any of the uh, tournaments that are played at TPC sites, given that the PGA Tour actually owns these courses? Because um, I think that would be an awesome way to see if they can really thrive under 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 the big lights, rather than kind of just giving them uh, you know a supplementary stage. Yeah, I, I wish exemptions into PGA Tour events. Or like that. Unfortunately, they're not. It's a lot about all Americans and who's going to bring in tickets. And I mean, John Daly still gets sponsors exemptions. So uh, JJ Henry, Stewart Singh, it's just like uh, I, I wish ex- in a perfect world, yes, but uh, it ain't going to happen. At least not right now. But yeah, it would be awesome. These guys need a lot of the top players need the more opportunities. That's all there is to it. And so yes, exemptions would be great. Awesome. Thanks so much. We got another question for you. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the qualifying. I'm just wondering if the qualifying is the same for the LPGA. Yeah, so the LPGA has a Monday qualifier. They do have Q School also. The Q School is a little bit different, but basically the same thing. They do every all the they only have one site. So like at a uh, the Corn Ferry Q School or the PGA Tour Q School. Um, they have like 12 sites for first stage, then seven sites for second stage, and then down to one final stage. For uh, the LPGA, it's one 
first stage, but it's really big. It had like 350 players down to 125. Then second stage will be the same thing, 300 down to about five, and then final stage. And final stage is really long. It's over two weeks and it's eight rounds. Um, but yes, it's the it's the same type of qualifying system. And then on Mondays, uh, there is a Monday qualifier for the LPGA Tour, and they have two spots instead of four. So on the PGA Tour, it's four spots for Monday qualifiers. On the LPGA, it's two spots. So yeah, almost the same, except outside of some numbers. And is it the same for the seniors for PGA and LPGA? Yeah, so the seniors, uh, um, is four spots also the champions tour is four spots monday qualifiers not every event has qualifiers um and then i'm not sure you know this the senior lpga you know has started to build a schedule and i don't believe there's qualifiers right now but i would assume there will be a point if you know if they can get get the schedule a little more uh you know some more events thank you you're welcome Awesome, awesome. We got another one for you, Ryan. Sounds good. Thanks so much for answering all our questions, too. No problem. All right, I'm just curious, um, how many of these folks that you've followed through this process have actually made it onto the big tour? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to make it to the PGA Tour. Um, but today, I mean, uh, tomorrow, uh, I mean, the, the question is not very many. The answer is not very many. Uh, but that's because not very many people make it. Um, but, I mean, to Justin Lauer, I, I put a tweet out today. Justin Lauer, Jared Wolf, David Skins, Callum Taren, and Josh Creel are five guys that just got their PGA Tour card through the Corn Ferry. Um, they, have, it, they will tee it up in their first PGA Tour event as a member combined They've been a pro for 53 years. So, um, I mean, David Skins is, uh, has been a pro for 16 years. He's going to tee it up in his first PGA Tour event. Justin Lauer, 10 years, first PGA Tour event. Uh, Jared Wolf, 10 years, first PGA Tour event. Colin, Taron, seven. You know, it's a, it's a process for a lot of guys. Um, Joel Damon is a name you guys probably know. Joel Damon finished 110th on the Canadian Tour money list his first year as a pro, and then 70th his second year. I mean, no one went to the, those Canadian Tour events and were, was like, oh, Joel Damon's going to be on the PJ Tour. Like, no one thought that. So it's a process. Um, so some have made it, but it's, <laughs> it's really hard to get out there. So uh, the, a lot more have failed that I've covered than have got out there for sure. Ryan, while we get our uh, next question up here, I think it's really cool following guys like Joel who, you know, yeah. make it on these tours and then come out and actually, you know, win a few. And even though Joel is not a guy who you'd consider being, you know, a top, you know, 10, 15, 20, even top 50 player in the world probably, but just to see these guys actually go out and make money and uh, provide for their families just playing the game of golf, I mean – that just shows the next generation that it's possible. And so for you to follow these people yeah. and actually give them, uh, give them some life on, on some kind of stage, I think that's a, uh, something that's super cool. So we're going to loop in uh, another, yeah. another question for you. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah. No, Joel, just Joel's a super, super great guy, and it's great to see him have success. It's cool seeing him and a bunch of these, uh, a lot of these guys who are doing media on YouTube and stuff like that have him uh, yeah. feature in some of these yeah. kind of things. 
Hey, Ryan, just out of curiosity, these players, in order to compete, what are they shooting? I, I mean, it sounds like, gosh, it, it's just a, a serious commitment, but there's a lot more folks that fall off than obviously get through. I mean, if I were to go and watch some of these events, what, what kind of scores are we going to see? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And the answer is, is that if you didn't know who Joel Damon was, let's say, and you didn't know who Michael Velsaki was or any good mini tour player and you put them side by side on a on a range you would never be able to spot the difference between them you know it's we're talking a half a turn around and and again there's plenty of guys on the mini tours that have no business being out there and they're you know never going to make it but i'm talking the top five or ten percent I mean, you would never, you would never know. And they, they, I mean, uh, I just looked at a West Florida tour event to give you an example. Um, a guy named Charles Wang, who's, who's, uh, from China plays on that tour. A lot of time shot 17 under for 36 holes today. Uh, so, I mean, he shot 63, 64. If you, for most common casual golf fans, if you went out and played with Michael Vilsacki, he would be the best player that you've ever played with by a long, long distance. I mean, he is, he's very, he's going to shoot 65 on any relatively easy course pretty easily. Um, and again, it, we're talking the difference between being a decent player on the PGA tour and a very good mini tour player is maybe a quarter stroke or a half a stroke around. Uh, and that that's not noticeable. It's not noticeable. I mean, I know, way too much about golf and I would never be able to notice it. You know, it's just little things here, consistency there, maybe a putting or one aspect of their game, but a half a stroke over a round. I mean, and in a casual round, you'd never, never know the difference. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the question. We got another question for you, Ryan. I think we got, uh, we sure. got time for one or two more. So, Ryan, I had an opportunity this summer to um, – we're, we're out of Tennessee to, to um, participate or, or even attend a corn ferry tour and yeah. uh, at the, the summit event at um, the Grove. And it was, it was an amazing, amazing thing for me to watch. Uh, I, had, I, had, I, I followed a couple of, a couple of corn ferry tour uh, professionals – that uh, the Smotherman, yeah, and, Austin, yeah, Austin Smotherman and uh, Stefan Yeager, and oh yeah, out of out of the players that you mentioned, um, none of them were were who I expected uh, that that made it to the PGA Tour. One of them that I thought that you were going to mention was Stefan Yeager, who's out of Knoxville, Tennessee. He was a local talent. Uh, German descent, which I'm, I'm partially German too. Uh, the fact that 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 he went to um, uh, UT and and out of Knoxville, um, he was number one leader in the Corn Ferry Tour this year. And I'm wondering why was he not um, uh, expedited into the um, PGA Tour this year? Yeah. So. Uh, this year was uh, he is on he is on the PGA Tour now. Um, 
The reason I didn't mention him is because he's been to the PGA Tour before. But, I mean, he's amazingly talented. And uh, I would not be surprised to see a really good season out of Steven. He's a, a great guy. He's, uh, he's very quirky and completely crazy and very funny. And uh, he's a great dude. Yeah, I would not be surprised. He's a, uh, I mean, he has, he's four or one behind the all-time wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. So a super talented guy. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him in contention even this week. Uh, last question for you, Ryan, or unless Scott has one too after me, is that what do you what do you look for in a guy to follow who you think would be um, either super successful on the PGA Tour or uh, somebody who you you know is just not going to make it because of X factor? Is there anything that you specifically look for when you're following these guys? Yeah, I mean, I look a lot. I mean, it's hard for me. I don't travel enough to like go see these guys live a lot. I mean, I see them some, but it's hard to judge a person on, on one round, you know, I mean, there's ebbs and flows to how guys play in a, in a given season. So it's hard to go watch a guy play 18 holes and go like, Oh, he can't make it. Uh, I really watch the tours he plays on and the consistency he has on those tours. Like if he's playing an easy tour where there's not a lot of great guys, he should be winning, you know, a lot. Uh, and if he's playing in a good tour and he's competitive along, I mean, the all pro tour has 140 guys, 150 guys each week, a lot of good players. If he can play on that tour, you know, he's going to be fine. So, yeah. That's uh, a, that's a tour that seems to be shining right now in terms of like, at, at least for the men's side, like a win can get you 25 K it's getting closer yeah. to that Hooters tour status. I know at Hooters tour, when I first started in the business in 2010, I mean, the, it was 38k 40k 45k for a win the apt is starting to get some really great talent lots of you know 20 under par wins and stuff so i shoot <laughs> it's it's just crazy how much talent's really out there um yeah ton, tons and uh so i'll finish up with this question um, I've got two guys that are trying to get out there right now. One guy just graduated Arkansas Tech, Austin Jean. Um, and I got another guy here. He's a local, Elijah Tackett, uh, just kind of getting started out. For people looking to invest in guys or girls to get out there, um, you know, I get asked this question. So my answer is pretty short and sweet. It's like, you don't put money into a guy or a girl because you're going to return your investment. You put it into them because you want to give them a chance and you've got the cash and you want to give. And if you set it up where you can make some money back, great. But it's a super high-risk investment just because of all the probability that has to happen. It's like top 25 in all the majors. Like Any advice you would give to people that are um, – maybe it's a two-part question. Advice to people who want to help and for those that are trying to get out there, what are some strategies you're seeing that – in terms of how they get funding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're spot on, Scott. Don't don't invest in a player thinking you're going to become a millionaire. I mean, it's it's not. And any good contract uh, between a player and an investor is going to end with, like, a four times multiplier paying you back, and then that's it, you know? I mean, so to give people some insight, like, if you give 
$25,000 to a guy. Most, most players have an out. So like say they Monday qualify into the rocket mortgage like Doc Redmond did and win 700,000. He's going to, most player contracts with investors have a four times multiplier. So if you gave 25,000, he's going to hand you a hundred thousand and that's the end of the deal. So, um, the, but Scott, I mean, Scott, you're spot on. The first advice is don't do it to make money. Uh, because one of every, whatever, 150 players makes it onto the PGA tour. Um, so don't do it, do it to, to help people, uh, trying to like dream. If you're doing it to make money, you're in the wrong business for sure. Um, and I've seen advice, some, I've seen some guys do that ahead. and it just adds pressure to the player as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that, then you're definitely not going to return your money. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you, you just got to stay out of their way and I mean, you can give them advice, but don't the first time, uh, I ever saw an investor, um, and, and I didn't know the stuff I know now, but, um, was that, I was kidding on the Canadian tour and a guy in our group had his investor and his investor was literally walking in the fairways with us. Uh, like, you know, Hey, what are you doing? What are you like? And it's like, dude, this kid has no chance, man. Just leave him alone and let him play golf. Um, so yeah. And then the second thing to, to raise money is a, just have a budget and be realistic with people that you're having invest in you. Uh, it always starts with usually at their home club. Um, and you know, present what you want to do, present why they should invest money in you, uh, go out and prove that you can do it and, you know, put a, put a package together, wow. reach out to people that are, um, in your club that might have money to help you and have your resume together. And, and as far as like financial deals, there's a huge broad spectrum. Uh, guys sell shares of themselves for a thousand dollars and sell 50 shares so they can do a year. Some guys have one investor or two investors and usually the percentage back is, so what a lot of players do, create an LLC, the player lives out of there, meaning pays his rent, pays his car payment, pays for his entry fees. And then usually the this varies a lot, but the percentage paid back into the corporation is 75 back into the corporation, 25% to the player. So that's basically like his spending money. He plays well, he makes a little bit. He has his bills paid for. And obviously the people got to understand what this bills is. Uh, I just raised money for a friend of mine, Neil Johnson. He raised $60,000. He lives in a studio apartment and drives a 2015 Honda. And so it's not like he's living the, you know, like this great life. I mean, his rent's like $700 for a studio apartment in Scottsdale and he drives a 2015 Honda. So, um, and for him, it's, uh, 70% goes back into the corporation and 30% goes to him. So um, that's the financial breakdown can go forever. But yeah, I mean, uh, Neil is a great example. I think 45 guys ended up giving the 60 grand. Like some guys got 1,000, a couple guys got like three. And it's just for these guys that invested in him, it's fun to follow along and know that you're helping a guy achieve his dream. I mean, that's the end of the story. Like people send me messages. Hey, where's Neil playing? Like, what's he doing? How's he playing? 
Like, and they don't care. Like, if the $1,000 goes away, so be it. Uh, but you're helping a guy, like, possibly achieve his dream. And if he does do it, you can go out there and be like, wow, I helped this guy get, you know, walk, walk the inside the ropes of the PGA Tour. And it, it's, a, it's a very cool way. And as you said, Scott, don't do it to make money. I think it's a good place to end it. I know it's a little shorter than most of our Q and A's, but it's actually right on right online with some of our some of our big ones. So I think this yeah. is an awesome place to stop. Well, um, Ryan, we're going to wrap it up here. Do you mind uh, letting the listeners know where they can find you and any plugs that you might have for for your own personal things? Uh, all good, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on Monday Q info on Twitter, and yeah, everything is there. You'll see my stories and videos and those kind of things so yeah just monday q info on twitter well dude thank you so much for being here we've appreciated it all and i think for a lot of golf fanatics out there they don't really understand kind of this grind to get to the big tour they just know the people that they watch on tv thursday through sunday so thanks so much for giving uh, our audience some insight on what that looks like and uh, especially you know having it be such a, an awesome hobby of yours. It's, it's awesome to have you on and, and see your insight. So thanks so much. But um, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, guys. Thanks. Thanks and again for having me on. If you guys want to go uh, follow Ryan again, just go ahead and Google Monday Q info on the bird app, the Twitter app, whatever you guys call it, the blue, the blue bird app. Uh, anyway, Ryan, it's been awesome having you on. If you guys want to come out and see more of this stuff, come out to Franklin Bridge at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday nights, and you'll get to have all access to me and Scott, um, as well as this awesome uh, Q&A here. But normally we have Scott uh, talk about some of the things uh, in your personal game. Uh, but this has been an awesome Q&A with Ryan here, um, giving, a, giving us some insight on what Monday Qs look like for some of these awesome, talented players. So. What's that? One more segment after this. That's right. So uh, from us here on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, um, thank you so much for listening. Wednesdays at 630, everybody. Ryan, thank you so much. Everybody's clapping for you. Go ahead. Show them the whole audience, Scotty. <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, y'all, for listening to this episode of the Champions Playbook. As always, you can find us anywhere that you guys are. So uh, make sure to check out Scott on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the above. His Instagram is at Golf. That's two S's and two E's. So make sure to go and check out everything that he's got going on over on his Instagram page. Uh, as well as make sure you follow Franklin Bridge. Uh, Franklin Bridge puts out some great things as well, and we want to make sure that we support them because they support us. So as always... Feel free to come by the back porch of the Persimmon Pub at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays to come and listen to us talk golf. So book a late afternoon round of golf, and then afterwards, come on inside, get some food, some drinks. Uh, we got some specials going on. We had some $5 flatbread pizzas. We had some amazing chicken tacos, as well as drink specials going on all night long. So make sure to support the Persimmon Pub as well when you come out. We would love to see you guys. We do one episode and then a live Q&A and then another episode. So from 7 to 9 on Wednesdays, we hope to see you soon, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.